Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. How about that? That sounds different. My name's Tyler. (laughs) I'm one of the pastors on staff. I've only been doing this for 15 years. Uh, Hey, uh, I just was reflecting on how the story of Jesus and what he's done for us, I think some of the times that we have a hard time grasping it is because it is such an incredible story. When you think about that the one whose power made the universe and spoke us into existence and created us. But not only that, he became human and died on the cross to restore our relationship with our creator, with our heavenly father. I mean, that is mind-blowing. And so, uh, but it's, it's hope that the world needs. And so, um, I always just like to remind us, because we have to connect, sometimes if we're not careful... We can lean into religiosity and somehow miss Jesus in the midst of it. What we want to do is keep our eyes and focus on Jesus Christ and remember that it's a person that we're connecting with and not simply religious religion that we're practicing. So uh, as we do that, we want, to, um, we want to impact the world around us. And Tobin, can I have the mission statement up there? Because we like to read this each and every week. Even if this is your very first time, is it not up there? Uh-oh. But we know it by heart. All right. So if this is your first time with us, you're probably not going to know it. But we'll say it to you because we, uh, we try and say this every week. There it is. So would you join me? And uh, what I'd like to do is invite people to lean into this because I think it calls out the best in us where we partner together in the mission of Jesus Christ. So uh, let's read this as our mission statement as a church. Our mission is to bring Christ hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. And so uh, this morning, if you're new here this morning or um, newer, inside our bulletin on the back flap is a way for you to introduce yourself to us. We encourage you to fill that out. And it's perforated so you can rip it out. And a little later in our service, when we receive an offering, we'll collect those and we'll respond to those this week. Um, Also, there's a prayer team back in that corner right now. And uh, they would love to pray with you or for you anytime in the service. If you've got something pinging around in your heart and mind, what they want to do is just simply go to Jesus with you and look to the Savior. And so um, whatever it might be, anytime during our service, take advantage of that. Inside, uh, on, on that um, back flap as well, is a place to share a prayer request. And we pray for those every week as well. So that's another way that you can engage. Okay. Well, today's a special day, and you're going to hear more about it, but it's Chinook Sunday. We have the Chinook team here with us. We have a couple people, yeah. And they're going to be sharing today. Um, but as the mission statement, one of the things that um, I feel like I have been influenced, I suspect we all have been influenced very much. One of the things that modernity did, in the way, particularly I think in West, this is the way I think about it, in my unacademic way, But we like to dissect. We like to figure out how 
Each part works individually, but what happens sometimes if we're not careful is we don't put the two back together again. So, for example, it's real easy to think, well, yeah, I, I go to church on Sundays, but the rest of the week is mine to do whatever I want with. We don't incorporate, we don't see things as a whole, or we talk about, well, I'm a person who really operates out of my brain. I'm not really emotional. When in fact, our emotions in our brain, they don't really separate, even though we might talk about them separately, right? So where am I going with this? That, um, that I want to see my whole life and the things that I'm doing is part of the mission that God has called me to. And so um, you're going to hear a little bit today about a German mission team going to Germany here soon. I have Skyler and Linnea are going to come up here hopefully right now. I know Skyler's over here. If Linnea can come up, there's Linnea. And I'm going to get a microphone for you guys. But um, rather than seeing that what they did is something special and different, it is special and different, and you guys have been going someplace, right? But it's not special and different in that we have to separate mission out from the rest of our life. All right? So anyway. Hey, um, so both you gals have been um, away a little bit this year, and so I just have two very quick, simple questions for you, okay? One is, um, what have you been doing? And secondly, how have you seen God in that process? So Skylar, we'll start with you, okay? So that light turns green, you should be good. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, as you heard, my name is Skylar. I have been in New Zealand uh, volunteering with Youth with a Mission, or YWAM, um, and I have been working with them in their DTS, or Discipleship Training School, and it's basically where students come in from around the world to, to be discipled and learn more about God and, and hear about the, these different topics, and they they come to learn for three months, and then they go out for an outreach for two months. And so what I've seen God do in that time is they're, regardless of whether the students who come have been following God for years or whether it's only been a short time, I've seen how he has impacted their lives so deeply, and it has really just built such a foundation for them as they go home after that DTS, and it it really builds that foundation for them to lean on God and have deeper relationship with him. And, yeah, I have just seen so much healing and so much that he has impacted in their lives during that time and season. So it's been so beautiful. Thank you. Go ahead, Lillian. Um, yeah, my name is Linnea Jane. Um, I was in Berlin for about two and a half months, um, working with some covenant missionaries there, and then um, in a local church and with a mission to refugee um, refugees there in Berlin. Um, and so, I think the really amazing thing about Berlin is that it's like the whole world is in this one city. And the really powerful thing for me was. Um, being at a church service and hearing people pray in English and German and um, Farsi and Spanish and Portuguese. And um, it just really um, brought home for me the way that God really brings people together in spite of these like language and cultural barriers that seem so difficult to cross. And I really experienced um, the difficulty of living in a place where I didn't really speak the language very well. 
Um, but I was still able to really make these connections with the people there, and that was really, really special for me. And the other thing is Berlin is a very um, agnostic city. They've had a very difficult history, a very difficult recent history, um, and you can still really feel that kind of divisiveness. You know, it was separated into the east and the west, um, and that's still really felt. And people have moved away from religion to the point where they don't even feel that lack in their life at all. Um, and so it's really amazing to see the church and the way that God is still bringing people together and still moving in these really powerful ways in this spiritually dark place. Hmm. Yeah, I want to pray for you guys real quick, all right? Lord, thank you for Skylar and for Linnea and uh, the risks that they took in um, getting out of their comfort zone and going and serving others and experiencing you in the process. Thank you for the reminder that it is for us. Pray a blessing in their life that you continue to use these experiences uh, to build them up and uh, to use them further. We pray for the mission of YWAM and how they're impacting students, Lord. And we pray for our missionaries, Greg and Christy Faust in uh, Berlin and their ministry there to uh, people who, who don't know God, to refugees and uh, their ministry and church planting. Pray a blessing there. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks you guys. Thank you very much for sharing real quick. Yeah, I'm realizing I did things just a little bit out of order, but I want to let you know of a couple things that are happening today. So after the service today, we, we have authentic German food that uh, the German mission team is providing for, for lunch. You can buy it and go. You can eat it here if you want to. Um, but we're raising money for a mission trip that we're taking a little bit later this year. So that's happening right after the service. And you're thinking, oh, no, I, I, I made a huge spread for lunch already. It's okay. You can bring it back here because tonight at 530, do I have it right, Marcy, 530? The Chinooks are going to be with us, and they look hungry to me. And so uh, we, we're just going to have a great time, and we'll have some some music out there and play some games, but we're going to be doing a picnic here at 5.30. And the game this afternoon at Loretta French is at 2 p.m., right? So they're here for first service. Second service, they're taking off, and they're warming up uh, so they can, uh, can I say this in church, kick butt? Can I say that? Yeah. All right. So um, that's what's ahead for your day. I'm, I'm, God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life. No. But we invite you to join in. It should be a lot of fun. All right. So very good. So I don't know if I have... Oh, I do have it on. I left it on. Okay, good. Well, hey, as I mentioned, today is um, Chinook Sunday. I want to invite John Groth on up. This is uh, the, the coach. And uh, coach, I'm just curious, how many people are there in your organization totally? And the total with the Chinooks? Okay, so we have 25 players, two broadcasters, and five coaches. Okay. So that's 32, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good size organization. Plus you have, I know, uh, like I've seen the Bartos are out, so you have yeah. the, like other people who are involved in helping to pull the whole thing off as no well. No question. We have a, we have a solid, uh, a booster club here in Chugakio River that supports everything we do 12 months a year. We just come up for two months. This is my eighth year to be the head coach. And, uh, every year it's so encouraging to, to get the support we do. Uh, not only from the booster club and the people that are involved in the baseball side of things, but the faith community. So I just want to say thank you to you guys for standing by us and inviting us in. And 
really showing us what the love of Christ looks like uh, in, a, in a community like Chugiaki or River because we're from all over the place. I think we have at least 17 different states represented on our club this year. So these guys are from all over the lower 48. And uh, to see the kingdom just kind of come together and love on, on us is really encouraging. Yeah. So for those of us who aren't familiar with the uh, Alaska Baseball League, could you kind of just quickly explain what that is and how long it's been going on? Sure. I think the league itself is close to 50 years old, if not more, pretty close to that. It's one of the highest profile college baseball leagues in America, um, consistently ranked in probably the top five. Uh, there are college leagues going over all over the U.S. right now, and this is just one of those, but it's always been one of the best competitive leagues there are five teams currently in the league. There were six. Fairbanks uh, bowed out a few years ago. And so there are five teams, uh, the Kenai uh, Peninsula Oilers, um, the Matsu Miners up in Palmer, and then two teams down in Anchorage, the Anchorage uh, Glacier Pilots and the Anchorage Bucks, of course, the Chugiak Eel River Chinooks. So those are the five teams, and uh, we're the only faith-based team. Uh, the other teams are just kind of regular baseball teams uh, that uh, are secular in nature. They're, they exist to play baseball. And uh, we exist for a different reason, and I think most of you know that, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Well, that was actually my other okay. question I was going to ask, um, is if you could explain what that means and practically how that how that fil- filters into your program. Sure. Um, you know, some of you, and we've already heard from some folks that have been called out to different parts of the world, and, and God may call some of you to be missionaries, to be whatever in different parts of the planet, and that's awesome, and I strongly encourage you to do that. I'm one that has been called to baseball, and that sounds kind of strange perhaps, but God has used baseball in my life uh, as, as a mission field. And so I've, I, I, I played baseball at a junior college in Ohio. I was born in Minnesota, grew up in Ohio, uh, played my junior college baseball in Ohio, four-year baseball at the University of New Orleans, played a couple years of pro ball, the Reds, and then uh, got into coaching and been coaching for 33 years. Uh, my wife and I, uh, Kitty, have been married 33 years. We have six kids, and Baseball has been an opportunity for God to use some of the things that he's gifted me in for his glory. And so we got people all over this auditorium that are gifted in something. And your mission field is where you are tomorrow morning. And so where he's called me is on the baseball diamond. And what differentiates Athletes in Action baseball, Athletes in Action is part of the the campus, uh, the, the ministry called Crew, which used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ. But we're different in that these guys are up here uh, to play ball, but also to grow in their faith. And I look into the faces of 25 young men who are just like I was 36 years ago because I, I played two years with Athletes in Action, and it absolutely changed the direction of my life. So that's why I'm so privileged at the tail end of my coaching career to, to be involved in just allowing these guys to hopefully understand what it means to compete at a very high level of baseball, but also glorify God in the process. We spend about an hour a day, or maybe 90 minutes a day, uh, in discipleship with these guys. And that is a very concentrated time for two months in a beautiful place where God's creation is all around us. And uh, so that's what makes AIA and the Chinooks a little bit different, is we spend about an hour and a half a day talking about the Word of God, talking about how that applies to everyday life, how it applies to biblical manhood, uh, these guys are on the life's doorstep. They're, most of these guys, they, they don't realize this, but Chris and I have seen this over the years, that they're, they're, most of them will be married in five years. In fact, we had a former Chinook. Uh, they there might be, be some eligible bachelorettes right around here. I, 
We had one of our former players from five years ago speak to these guys about two weeks ago. He came up and he said he was up here with his bride, and he says, Coach, can I have a few minutes in front of the team? And we said, absolutely. And he shared with them just how impactful the two months with your community and the faith community and with our club and the discipleship and just was he actually was in tears when he's talking to me privately about his experiences so um i am privileged to be a part of this and this is these guys are special guys they love baseball with all their heart but even more important than that they're, they're they've come up here to alaska to grow in their faith and to, to know the savior more closely and I can attest firsthand that that's what God did in my life. Um, I don't want to think about where I might have ended up if I hadn't played on a team like this 36 years ago. So that's what that's why Kitty and I come back. We come back to to pour into young men to to uh, to share the good news. We'll be sharing with the Anchorage Bucks. So you can pray for the Chinooks today. In, in a matter of hours here, right before they hit batting practice, one young man will get up and talk about what athletes in action is about. Another young man will share his faith journey in Jesus Christ. And then the third man, third young man will share uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Anchorage Bucks right out in front of their dugout on a baseball field. So those, no, they aren't at church, but the, the truth will be proclaimed on a baseball field in a couple hours right over at Loretta French. So you can pray that God's Spirit would touch hearts and that uh, it's an amazing thing. And that can happen where you guys are living and working as well. You don't have to be here to hear the gospel, you can take the gospel. So that's what we're doing. We're using the baseball as a vehicle to to speak to hearts and lives on the uh, on the baseball field. So. Excellent. So we we are going to pray before we're done. I want to okay. pray for you and the team and the, sure. and for your ministry. But uh, and I just want to make clear it's the Bucks. Your guys are playing today at yep. two o'clock. Two o'clock. French. Yep. Excellent. Could you introduce the two guys? That okay. So it's Josh Salem and Troy Hervey are going to come, come on, on up. Josh is our broadcaster, a uh, young man that's at Wachita Baptist uh, University. He's also a, he's returning to the field, so he's been off the field for a, maybe a short time, but he's up here working out with us, but he's also doing the play-by-play on the online broadcast, so he does a great job. I actually broadcast in the spring. I have pulled back from full-time coaching back in Tyler. We live at, My wife and I live in Tyler, Texas, and so Josh does an awesome job on the broadcast, so if you can't come to our games, you can listen to him his play-by-play and watch a video broadcast every time we play, which is kind of cool. And then Troy has been a great addition to our coaching staff this year. He's from Frostburg State, and uh, I'll let you, obviously, he'll share some of what he's about. But we have an awesome set of coaches this year. Chris and I are just so blessed to have uh, three extra hands on deck. Of course, Dalton Smith's back this year as a second-year assistant coach. And uh, it's been a joy to, ha- to see these guys help lead the troops this year. So I, I appreciate their efforts uh, on the behalf of the Chinooks as well. So, Thank you so much, Coach Growth. Um, so Josh, Troy? Josh, Troy. Josh, Troy. I knew I was going to do that. Josh, Troy? Troy. All right. Excellent. So um, I'm going to have you guys in just a second introduce yourself again and remind everybody you know, what it is you're doing for the team, okay, so they can kind of connect that. But here's what, here's our first question. I'm a little bit embarrassed because I know basically about baseball. I, baseball was not the sport that I played a, a lot of, but I, you know, you, you know there's four, you know, there's home play, three bases, and yeah. three outs, you're out, and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, so here's, here's a question for those of us who kind of know basic understanding of the game. 
What's one thing um, about the game that you guys could say, hey, if, 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 here's something, if you know this, you'll appreciate the game a little bit more. So, um, One thing I would definitely say is that hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in any sport, period. Um, if you're a 300 hitter, now that's not 300, that's .300, so 30%. So if you get a hit 30% of the time, you're good. Now you do that in any other sport. Now imagine a guy, a basketball player, you know, shooting 30% from the free throw line, not going to cut it, right? But if you're doing 30% in baseball, you're doing it right, and you're doing a really good job. So hitting a baseball is definitely the hardest thing, and that's why I was a pitcher and not a hitter. So <laughs> I think uh, one of the crazier things for me is I'm a switch hitter myself, so I hit from both sides of the plate, but I picked that up um, a little bit later in high school, meaning I hit from the left side and the right side um, off of pitching staff. And so um, there aren't a lot of guys who do that, but all the same – it's something that sets you apart, um, and so um, I don't say that to brag on myself. I say that uh, meaning that uh, there's a lot, a few guys in the major leagues who hit from both sides of the plate, but it's just something different that guys do, um, meaning that if they're facing a right-handed pitcher, they're going to go left-handed because they don't want a righty-on-righty matchup. You get to see the ball longer. There's so many things that go with that, um, and so that's just something separate that the average person wouldn't necessarily think about. Okay, and maybe a play-by-play announcer would point that out. Oh, he's he's batting left side this time. I right? have pointed that out a few yeah. times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, so um, part of the reason we have you guys here today is to share your, your faith story, and uh, you guys want to share kind of just your faith journey and how you came uh, to know Christ? Sure. I uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I'm a triplet. I have two other brothers, um, and so I was uh, blessed with, two other brothers my age to grow up with, um, and, uh, loving parents grew up in a Christian home. But, uh, when I was seven, I'd, I'd heard the gospel millions of times, um, up to that point, And I accepted Christ, but I never had the life change. Um, and so I never really felt any different. I was like, okay, checked it off the list and can continue on with my life. Um, and got baptized shortly after that, uh, a day before my birthday on 040404. And, uh, from there I was like, well, I'm doing all the things right. I'm going to church, and, and good works are going to save me. In my seven-year-old mind, that's what I thought. Um, and so uh, from there, I went to, uh, I went throughout life and basically thought I was okay, thought I was saved. And uh, it wasn't until my seventh grade year um, going into, uh, like two years before high school, going into seventh grade, that I realized, hey, this isn't, this isn't okay. I mean, if I died today, someone asked me the question, if you die today, are you going to heaven? And the answer was no. I'm not living for Christ. I've, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I'm, I'm not doing anything for Christ. I'm not sharing the gospel with people. I don't truly have a personal relationship with him. I don't even know who God is. I know about God, but there's a difference between knowing knowledge about God and knowing who God is and having a personal relationship with him. So at a D now, if any of y'all know what a D now is, um, basically a weekend uh, church event where kids stay at, host families, and, and have a church, big church event. That's where I was saved. And I truly understand, understood for the first time what having a personal relationship with Christ meant, um, and that it wasn't good works that are going to save me. It was a personal relationship with Christ. Um, and then from there, I uh, kind of had a few things happen to me in my life. I got shingles twice, uh, and so that's, especially for my age, that's very uncommon, and that took a big turn uh, on my life, uh, especially baseball-wise. Lost 
uh, 20 pounds in a week, uh, didn't sleep uh, for five days, and, and so that's had a big impact on my life. But from that, I've gotten to see how since I, of my, me and my three brothers, I was the only one who had this happen, and so for a while I was like, man, God, why is this happening to me? Why couldn't it be one of my brothers that this happened to or something like that? You know, like, this could have been a little bit easier for me. Um, but no, looking back, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. At the time, uh, there were times where I cursed God because I, I just didn't want to deal with it. I was in so much pain, I couldn't believe it. Um, and my parents wanted answers, and uh, things led from that to other uh, health conditions. But looking back on it, I got to, two years ago, I got to share the gospel with a kid uh, while working at a church camp um, who had had shingles before as well and had heart problems like me. And they came to know Christ because of it, because they knew my story. Um, and from that, that was one of the biggest eye-openers for me, that God used something that took me four years, basically, to feel and get over in order to share the gospel with one guy. And that kid came to know Christ because of it. And if one person in your life comes to know Christ, your life is worth it. Your life is, it's one person you're taking to heaven with you. So that, that's really my testimony on, on that, a shortened version of my testimony that, um, you know, everyone walking by you has some connection to you, but taking the chance to share with them is mm-hmm. the biggest thing. Yeah, so my faith journey is a little bit different. Um, I grew up in a Lutheran church and went to church every Sunday. So kind of the same there. But then when I was 15 years old, my mom and my stepdad got divorced. So I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I have two older brothers, two younger brothers. At that time, my two older brothers had just left for college. My two younger brothers stayed with my stepdad. So it was myself and my mom, and I kind of felt obligated to stay with her. I was at the age where I had the choice. I could go live with my dad in Illinois, stay in Ohio with my mom, or move with my stepdad with my younger brothers. So at a very young age, I was kind of faced with a very difficult decision of, okay, what am I going to do? Do I stay with my younger brothers and try to be a good older brother? Or do I stay with my mom? And I felt like I was called to stay with my mom because I felt like she needed me to kind of keep her on track. She was doing things that, you know, she maybe shouldn't have been doing. And it kind of turned into a thing where she would be gone a lot. So... She maybe came home once every two weeks sometimes to just kind of buy groceries. And then I was kind of leaning on my best friend and his mom to kind of take care of me. But for the most part, I kind of was by myself a lot. And going from going to church every Sunday to kind of losing that and not knowing what to do at a very young age, I was I was lost. Um, and then I don't know if Young Life is something around here, but I found a Young Life group. And some of the girls that lived down the street from me, they started taking me to Young Life. And at first, it wasn't for God. You know, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't because it was some God. It was because it was somewhere to go with people who seemed to care about me. And looking back, it was clearly because, obviously, God was like, hey, these people are going to care about you. Go with them. You know, it wasn't easy for me to see that at first. Looking back now, it's very evident. But at the time, I was like, this is just a group where I feel safe, where I feel welcome, and I feel like I have a home at least once or twice a week, which was great. And then as I got older and uh, graduated high school, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Baseball was a big part of my life. At that point, I thought baseball was over. Uh, My high school coach told me I wasn't talented enough, I wasn't big enough to play at the next level, that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, well, that's done with, you know. Started working at a restaurant, wasn't happy doing what I was doing. And then my my stepdad told me, hey, there's this small school where I grew up. 
probably go play ball down there, you know, get you in college, get you moving, and it just happened to be a Christian school. So um, moved down to Parkersburg, West Virginia, went to Ohio Valley University. Uh, they're affiliated with Church of Christ, which was different than what I was used to, but being down there and being in a Christian environment again and just all of a sudden being around a bunch of people who were wanting to invest in my life. I mean, the professors there, you're not a number. Like, they know you by name, which is different than a lot of universities. I mean, they knew who I was very short in my time being there. I could walk down the halls. Professors that I didn't even have knew who I was. And that was something that stuck out to me, and they wanted to know me. They wanted to know where I came from. They wanted to make sure that my relationship with God was building. And that kind of started pushing it forward and forward. And my coach was actually a pastor. And um, as my faith grew stronger, uh, I got baptized in January 2014. And my coach baptized me. And I don't know how many people can say that. And that was just an awesome experience, getting closer and closer to the Lord. And then having someone that I spent most of my time with. I mean, as a college athlete, you're with your team and your coach a lot. So I had a lot of my team there. A lot of my friends from college were all there. And being able to to do that and take that next that next step was huge. And then coming up here has also really changed things for me. Baseball was kind of the main focal point of my life, even after I was baptized. And I think, you know, that's something that we all have in common sometimes is, yeah, we, we're Christians and we believe in God, but sometimes it's easy during the week to, you know, kind of fade. And then, oh, it's Sunday again, you know, and then, oh, everything kind of takes over throughout the week. And, I mean, being up here, one of the first things we talked about was an audience of one is who we play for and that we play for Jesus Christ. And we're able to show the gifts that God gave us on the ball field. And now understanding that and seeing that, it's like, wow, like we have a chance to really show the glory of God every single day that we are living. And, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that I've picked up being up here so far. So that's real exciting, too. So both of you guys have already touched on this a little bit, but we, we had some questions we were agreed we were going to go to. So I'll just give you an opportunity in case you want to, uh, to build on it. But the idea of how has God either used baseball in your life or maybe as a result of baseball done something through your life, and you both have already touched on that, but anything you want to add to that? Well, I think baseball, um, like all sports um, in this world especially, it's a very secular world that we live in that baseball and other sports touch everyone to some degree. Someone usually has a love for one sport or, or another sport or ballet or something like that. Um, yeah, I had to throw that one out there. So I don't do ballet. But uh, if I did, I think I'd be okay. No. Um, so, But everyone has that, that niche that they like or, or some type of entertainment that they like. Um, and so with that, that entertainment side appeals to us. And it's just another first step. I talked about connection. A lot of people have connections with that. I think that if you find that niche and that connection with somebody, it's really easy to not sneak the gospel in, but just piggyback it right in there with it. Um, but so many times we're, we want to sit in our comfortableness and, and be comfortable um, and, and just be ourselves. Um, but God calls us to something bigger um, and, and to share the gospel with others. And sometimes just that connection needs to be made. So I think baseball literally is that platform for both of us, um, that it's that first segue into sharing the gospel with somebody. It's one of the easiest things we can do if we just take the chance. Yeah. I mean, that 
pretty much covers it. That was yeah. a pretty good answer. Um, but I mean, I'm just, I'm excited because I didn't realize before I came up here how great of a stage the field can be to share the gospel. And being a coach, um, when I was talking to, to John and Chris on the phone before coming up here, you know, when I was in the process of, of seeing if it was something we would be able to do, one of the biggest things that I told them that I wanted to learn while I was up here was how when I go back to Maryland and when I go back to Frostburg, there's guys on my team, I would say 90% of them need to be saved. And how do I do that in a setting where it's not a Christian school? And it's so unfortunate sometimes the the age that we live in where you could just be trying to share the good news and someone can take that and get you get you in trouble with your job. Like you got to find the right way to do it. And it's unfortunate that that's the way it is, but that's my biggest goal while I'm up here is how can I go and share what I've learned up here in a way that's not going to, I don't want to say offend because it shouldn't offend anybody, but, you know, keep me out of hot water, I guess. But that's the biggest thing. And knowing that I have this amazing opportunity excites me, and I can't wait to get back because I know there's guys that they're just going to see a difference in me as a person when I get back in the way that I act and the way that I even speak and the way that I coach. Everything's going to be a little bit different, and I know guys are going to see that, and that's going to be my opening. I can already tell that's going to be my opening because they're going to be like, what happened to you this summer? And boom, right there, there it is. Then I can just start talking about it. And without throwing anything in their face or saying, hey, you need to change or you need to do this, it's going to be like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what happened to me this summer, and this is what it's done for me. Do you want to know more? Can I share more with you, please? And I also decided I'm going to take a little piece of paper and I'm going to frame it. And all it's going to say is ask me about my faith. And I'm just going to put it on my desk. So if anyone sees that and they want to ask, boom, there's another opening. So just trying to find ways to open it up um, to be able to start talking about the gospel and share the good news of Jesus. And, I mean, having baseball there is definitely going to be a good way for me to do that. You guys sharing reminded me as a young man um, seeing a church planter go into established church. He was talking to different Sunday school groups, right? And the different Sunday school groups, different ages, different place in life, that kind of stuff. And he would say, all right, um, what do you think people that you know that don't go to church, what do you think they like to do? What kinds of things do they like to do? Well, they like to go hunting. They like to go fishing. They like to... Okay, great. What kind of things do you guys like to do, right? Well, like to go hunting and fishing and... Okay, great. What kind of things do you guys worry about? Well, we worry about our kids. We worry about our finances. We worry about, you know... It's like, oh, what do you think your neighbors worry about, right? We're, and so... So what he essentially did is we, we tend to think of ourselves as completely different and rather than seeing the ways in which uh, we have something really in common, a common kind of experience that we can build off of, right, to share the difference it makes to have Christ in our lives. So that's great. Um, you touched on it a little bit, but just the process of where you guys are at right now and, and what brought you to Alaska this summer. Um, so if it... Why why the Chinooks this summer, and what's God doing right right now? Um, so at first, my reasons were Alaska, right? Um, I knew about this league. Um, two years ago, I kind of got a hint that this league was out here. I went to the uh, American Baseball Coaches um, Conference down in Texas. It was my first time being there. It's something that happens every year. It's, it's a really big deal. Tons of coaches from all across the nation go 
And then I saw the Alaska booth, and I was like, okay, well, I can't go this summer. And that's because I'm, I'm in a two-year contract, and this was my first year. So this summer was meant to be <laughs> recruiting and going to find players for Frostburg. And that's the deal I had with my coach. And he's like, okay, well, maybe 2020 we can do it. Go ahead and apply for some of the positions up there. I'll give you a good reference, you know, all this. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, that's something to look forward to. That's something I've always wanted to do is go up to Alaska. That'd be great. And then I don't remember when it was. I think it was end of March, early April, something like that. My head coach got an email from Chris Beck reaching out, looking for coaching uh, coaches still. And he forwarded me the email. He said, apply. You got to do this. And I was like, whoa, like we had a deal, you know, like, I understand that I can't do this because I need to be recruiting. That's my job. I need to do this. And he's like, no, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, like you need to apply for this. You need to see if you can get it. And I didn't even know it was through Athletes in Action at first until I started looking more into it. And then it was almost like God literally just put his hand on my shoulder and I could feel him. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, I told you, I told you I'm here for you. You know, like this is going to be something that's going to change your life. And you know, I went through the application process, and it was just real eye-opening, and I could, you know, feel God working immediately, saying, you know, even before, I made it a decision in my mind. I was like, even if I can't go, the fact that this opportunity was in front of me, and it was because of God, um, you know, I was just super thankful for that. Now being up here and realizing I used to put baseball and tell everybody, you know, I have baseball to thank for where I am. I went to college because of baseball. I'm a coach because of baseball. And now looking back, the way everything lined up, it's just like, no, God put baseball in my life so he could work through me through the game. And it is more evident now than ever. And uh, yeah, it's, I got here because of God. So that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> well, I got here because of God as well. Um, in a little bit of a different way, um, I was supposed to be working at, I've worked at a church camp the last three years, um, and I was supposed to be working on leadership with uh, this church camp for this year. And uh, that, I'd already gotten, I'd already applied, got the job back, was going to be doing that uh, this summer, or so I thought. And then uh, about two months ago, or three weeks, three or four weeks basically before I was supposed to be coming, um, right around there, I got the call that I'm not working at camp anymore. Um, and so that was a huge thing for me because I that had been my 13, 13th year because I was a camper there for 10 years. And I was like, wow, this this is awful. This is one of the heart, most heartbreaking things I've, I've ever had to experience because camp has been my life. But little did I know, God had something much bigger for me um, because I... For about two days, I thought, wow, this is the worst, worst feeling. I'm like at my lowest right now concerning camp. And... Uh, God kind of worked that pride in me that, oh, I should be working at camp. This is me. This is what I, like, had prepared for. I wanted to be the next head camp counselor. Like, that was, that was me. And I think many of the guys know my heart on stuff like that, that they could see me as a camp counselor probably. Um, but all the same, uh, God took those two days and kind of just meshed me to talking with my, my family and my brothers. And my dad really honed in on it as, God's got something bigger for you this summer. Um, and I started applying to all these different places, California League, the Alaskan League, um, and three other places. And all of them fell through except for the California League. So I thought I was going to be going there. And then that 
was not the best environment for me. It was not a Christian-affiliated team whatsoever. And then I got the call um, that there was an opening. And literally after I had sent the email to the commissioner of the ABL, I sent the email, and within 10 minutes back, somehow he found my number, and he calls me and tells me to contact Chris. So I I uh, spoke with Chris, and Chris told me um, that there was an opening um, and that they're looking for a broadcaster because um, that hadn't been filled yet. And uh, lo and behold, I got the job, um, and honestly, it's been one of the most fulfilling already just halfway into the season, one month been one of the most fulfilling experiences so far, getting to do discipleship alongside these guys. Um, the fact that it's a all-guy discipleship um, program, there's no girls, no distractions, uh, has also been one of the biggest blessings. Not that there's um, anything wrong with not that. Gonna, nothing's wrong with that. <laughs> but um, for me, that's that honestly has been one of the biggest blessings because in high school, getting closer to guys had always been a negative for me because they had never accepted me, truly. I wasn't as good as them in baseball, and that was the group I wanted to hang out with, those the baseball guys, and they always just shunned me away. Mm-hmm. And so getting to do discipleship and life for an entire summer with baseball guys and get, getting closer to them and doing discipleship and knowing their lives and hearing their lives has been one of the biggest blessings. Truly, all joking aside, um, the fact that there are no girls, no distractions is a, is a really big thing for me. All joking aside. So that's a compliment to girls that they can be a distraction, they can. right? Yeah. They that's can. a compliment. It's definitely a compliment, yes. Yeah. They, they can be a, a right. distraction. I can tell that you're a broadcaster too because um, every so often I had to coach people that their mouth is not down here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, anyway, very good. Thank you. You, you did just fine. You did just fine. <laughs> hey, so one final question for you guys. So you guys both mentioned, particularly in your faith story, that you, you, you have these moments of crisis, and you wonder where God is and what's going on. We probably have people that are in that place right now, and particularly um, it's very common for young people at some point that they're really trying to figure out their life and what it's about, and God uses those moments so I, if you just had one thing to share uh, for somebody who's maybe in that place in life right now, what would you like to share with them? Um, the biggest thing that I did when I was, you know, young and in high school and was going through all that, you know, I'd been taught to pray in certain ways. And I feel like sometimes we get caught up in the way that we pray and that we present whatever's on our hearts to God and that sometimes we feel like it needs to be some sort of ritualistic thing and get on your knees and fold your hands and that can seem a little overwhelming to to people who are struggling and what I did I honestly just would lay in bed and just talk just talk out loud and I talk to God like he was a friend because he's there and he loves you like that and it kind of made things a little more simple. And it was someone at Young Life told me to just, like, hey, if you feel a little intimidated, because honestly, I felt intimidated to pray, if that even makes sense. It was like, is he even going to want to listen to this? Like, And I just sat there, and I was like, hey, God, this is what's going on in my life. I'm struggling right now. If you can do something to help me out, you know, just talk to him on a one-on-one type of feel rather than making it feel overwhelming or in a way that, you feel like you need to plan out in your head how you're about to pray. Like, that's not how we should feel when we're talking to God. You know, God is our Father. You know, imagine having a conversation with, you know, one of your parents. It's the same type of thing where I I just would say, 
talk to him like you're talking to a friend. Just get get it off your chest, whatever it is. He's gonna listen, and and he knows. The crazy thing is, he already knows, you know. But he wants us to, to be there and to talk to him. So just just talk to him like you're talking to somebody else, you know, because that's what you're doing. So just make it easier on yourself. I'm gonna kind of piggyback on that a little bit to talking to God. Um, I think I'm one of those people, and I think there's people in here. Hopefully that I'm not the only one, but I bottle things up whenever conflict happens, when, when something bad goes wrong, when I don't want to share something, I like hold it all in. And that over time accumulates and it's one big explosion in your life. So the crisis hits or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I've found that talking to someone who's a firm believer, um, is a huge help, uh, because it's someone that you can get your thoughts out there, your struggles, everything that's going on in your life, someone you can talk to, it's almost like it's not, I don't want to use this term because it has a negative connotation, but a counselor sometimes has a negative connotation in this world, but it really is. It's a mentor. It's a Christian counselor for you. Someone, my, for me, it's my dad that I just go to and I can share anything with, and I know he's going to love me through it, and he's not going to judge me, and he's going to be be able to help me uh, to take the next step and get past it or move on or pray with me and love on me. I think having that group of friends, choosing your friends wisely is huge. So even if it's someone like that, uh, one of my best friends, I I can tell him anything and he's ready and willing to pray with me at any time. So having a, a, uh, a few guys in your life, few girls in your life that can, you can go with with anything, go to with anything, um, really helps you out a ton in the long run. At the same time, while combating that with prayer um, and and talking to God, I think if you're struggling to to uh, really just give up everything to Christ, um, pray about that one thing specifically that you just you can't let go of. Why can't you let go of it? And and talk to people about it. Excellent, excellent. Thank you guys for sharing. And uh, I know you have a lot going on. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come come on up. But real quick, could I also have the team stand and anybody associated with the Chinooks uh, at all who, who is here this morning? I just want to pray for the teams. You guys mind standing? Would that be okay? Excellent. Excellent. So if you'll remain standing, I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, for the reminder. Every time we hear about your work in somebody else's heart and life, it reminds us that you are at work in our own. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the Chinook organization, their desire to impact not only uh, the players who are coming, uh, but the other teams and the community and... um, just that the kingdom of Jesus would spread and uh, more people would be touched with hope, healing, and wholeness. I pray for the team as they play this afternoon and as they share with the Buck team. Lord, would you go before them? Would you uh, just guide them by your spirit, give them the words you want them to share? And um, Lord, we pray that you would use it to uh, get somebody's attention, to perk up somebody's heart. Uh, on the bucks who might need it. And even as we've talked about crisis points in our life, uh, there may be players on the on the buck team that feel like they're in crisis and may be opening, open to hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for their testimony. We pray for folks here uh, this morning who were at a crisis point and needed to hear and be reminded that God is present, that he hears 
and that we can open our hearts. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. And uh, thanks for uh, Josh and Troy and their willingness to share. Bless them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great. Thanks.